Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday morning. Since it's Monday, you know it. It's that time of the week, and I'd love to welcome back on the program the one and the only Sadia Osmani. Sadia, good to see you. Good morning to you. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And you had a good weekend? I did. Very good weekend. You know, the thing is with weekend is... You're always looking forward to it, and and it just goes by so quickly. It just whizzes by all the time. Anyway, well, listen, did you know that today, July the 24th, is actually International Self-Care Day? I had no idea. I thought you might not know. (laughs) I I will practice some good self-care then. Yeah, well, well, on the the subject of kind of self-care, I suppose, you know, just let me ask you, like, during the weekend, did you have, how how many showers did you have during the weekend? Did you have one each day? Just one a day. Okay, that's not too bad. Well, I just thought... Isn't that the standard? Yeah, one a day. I suppose sometimes it all depends on the heat, really. That's true. I mean, there are days, seriously, in Hong Kong where it's so hot that you go out and you come back sweaty and then you got back in the shower. Um, and so so the reason I, I asked you is because um, since it's International Care Day, uh, Self-Care Day, um, I saw an interesting story, and this is a little while ago, actually, that I saw this. And it was about a doctor who um, decided that he wasn't going to shower for like almost like five years. And, and he used very little soap as well. Oh, he wow. just cut down his showering completely. Um, initially, when you hear that, it sounds really shocking when you think, how are you going to survive? Like, you know, um, and so he hardly used soap as well. And basically what he did is during this time that he was doing that, he was working on a book and his name was James Hamblin and he's a medical doctor. And so he, during this time, he wrote a book called Clean, the New Science of Skin. And uh, so what he does is in the book, he explores like the fascinating world of skin and hygiene and the microbiome, right? And so when he didn't use shower or use soap for five years, he decided to write this book and, and actually look at some of the findings from it, right? And he's basically challenging sort of conventional wisdom about cleanliness and, and offering new insights into how we should think about our skin and the kind of daily hygiene practices that we have. And I suppose... Uh, one of the things that you think of sometimes is like, you know, when babies are born, um, I think quite a few um, medical sort of practices are that they try not to give that baby a bath immediately because the baby comes covered in all sorts of things. And and those things are actually protecting, helping, yes, yes, protecting them from infections and the natural safeguards, things like that. And in a way, I suppose it sort of applies to us too, that the body is this kind of self-sufficient, is in self-sufficient mode in terms of it sorts itself out. and it, Self-cleaning and, mechanism. So, yeah, you yes, know. Um, so, so basically what he's doing is he was looking into some of these things and some of the main points that come out from his book is that you've got to really um, rethink this whole thing about cleanliness. He argues that the, there is a kind of modern obsession with cleanliness and you might be doing more harm than good and um by over cleaning, we may be stripping away the kind of natural oils and beneficial microorganisms that help protect our skin. Um, and if you think about it, the kind of things that we are using, there's all sorts of like shower gels and soaps and 
smelly things and fluffy things and all sorts. So, you know, we don't really know what's in those. And sometimes it's <clears throat> incredibly stripping as well. I'm sure, you know, we've we've all used maybe face wash before and then it just ends up being like your skin feels your really tight. tight. Yeah. yeah. It's because it's too um, alkaline yeah. um, and we should be using things which are slightly more acidic. Well, our skin's pH is about 5.5. It's 5, 5.5, I think. Yeah. So we should be using something a bit more acidic. Yeah, yeah, and I remember, you know, growing up as a teenager and stuff, I remember, um, you know, because, you know, as you're growing up, you've got all these, like, acne and you've got all sorts of problems with your skin. It's going up and down. And somebody once told me that, oh, um, you know, use oats on your skin. And oh. um, and so I used to sort of grind these oats up. But, you know, it plays havoc on the basin because you're going to, you, you know, I used to get it and put some water on it and then rub it on my face and wash my face. And it did feel nice. And it was very gentle. Yes. Um, but, you know, my mum always complained that you always block the sink yeah. up because all these oats are going down there. You there know? might be some wisdom in this because I often see like uh, creams designed for eczema mm. will always have like oat yes. extract. Yes. yes, and I actually do use a well-known brand oh. <laughs> that is, um, that, you know, which is actually a baby cream. Sure, but I, that's I the I know only, which one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only one that I use which does have oat extract. So I think there is something in that. Um, so anyway, this whole thing about the skin microbiome, our skin is home to trillions of microorganisms, including bacteria, viruses, and fungi, and this complex ecosystem known as the skin microbiome plays a crucial role in maintaining skill health and overall well-being. Um, and then the, what he also kind of brought in is this hygiene hypothesis. Hamlin discusses the hygiene hypothesis, which suggests that a lack of exposure to various microorganisms during childhood may contribute to the rising rates of allergies and autoimmune diseases. He emphasizes the importance of maintaining a diverse and balanced skin microbiome for better overall health. Um, and, and you can see that, like certainly with children, I think one of the examples at this stage is probably you know so blatantly this whole effect of COVID that if you think of children wearing masks covering their faces there was a situation remember when we first started to wear masks that we were breathing into our faces and people were complaining that they had mask spots. knee yeah. yeah acne mask acne and yeah. that again is like you know the skin is not used to that um, and now I, I don't know how many people perhaps now are feeling suddenly when the masks are off that skin is breathing a bit more maybe you know it's certainly getting back into shape but it's the natural thing that you just kind of let it be like you you let kids play around when they're young and they're not washing their faces till the end of the day exactly and know. kids skin they're it's amazing it's so soft well, it's full of collagen but at the same time you know there isn't a lot of gunk on it because they don't put so much stuff yeah, on it yeah. yeah and and also i think you know sometimes uh, a lot of women uh, you know about makeup and if you think about makeup and and if you're using kind of foundation and stuff every day and all sorts of toners and cleansers and i I honestly, I don't actually use anything like that, but I do think that I don't know how good it is for you. You know, you really have to stick to very basic sort of things because you don't know the long-term effect of some of these chemicals. Yeah, many well-known sort of wellness uh, practitioners, they'll <clears throat> say, if you won't eat it, then you shouldn't put it on your skin because yeah. our skin is completely breathable and anything that you put on the skin will get absorbed in, you know, and, and that's the, the truth. And th yeah. that's why, you know, like sunscreen, for example, you have to really look at the ingredients because some yeah. of these sunscreen can go 
you know, really quite deep into yeah. the dermis yeah. level and into our bloodstream as well. Yeah. Um, you know, something like even retinol, for example, it can That's get right. re- really quite deep into our skin. And you really skin. have to be quite careful. So basically, another one of his points, really, uh, in the book is that he shares his own personal experience, you know, that, you know, you should be reducing the use of soap and other hygiene products. So less is more. Um, and he's saying that, you know, he's experienced this as a result. And he suggests that we should consider minimizing the use of the use of sort of harsh cleansers and focusing focusing on sort of maintaining a healthy skin microbiome instead um plus um there's this whole thing about individuality and diversity and he emphasizes that there's no one size that fits all approach to skincare i think that's something that certainly cosmetics um you know if you look around at advertising and especially it's it's geared towards women but i think now what's happening is that now men are also becoming engrossed in that too where they are having regime which is good they should be having regimes of moisturizing and being careful with their skin but you know it's amazing what advertising can do in that you know each person's skin really and their microbiome is unique and what works for one person may not work for another and he tries to encourage readers to experiment and find the right balance that works best for their individual skin Um, And then, you know, the last thing was this whole thing about the environmental impact. He said the book the, the book actually touches on the environmental sort of implications of our hygiene and beauty product choices. He encourages readers to consider ecological impact of their personal care routines and make more sustainable choices wherever possible. Because if you, it's true. I mean, the types of um, soaps and these gels and things that you're using, you are basically, you know, they are going down the drain. You know, and um, they're astringents and they they can sort of make us dry, but can they also have a long term effect on, you know, the environment and the water that they go into? And, and we don't tend to think about that sometimes, yeah. do we? I think I remember a few years ago they had, you know, those um, those sort of exfoliators that you use for like uh, facial cleansers. Mm. They have those microbeads and they're actually microplastics, like oh, bits of it gosh. that don't get like dissolved. I mean, there are some which are like the pumice, you know, mm. um, the more natural material, mm. but there are some which are microbeads that can help you exfoliate your skin. But then, I mean, what happens to that? That goes down the, the, the tub, drain, the drain, absolutely. and then into our sea. It's just... And I, then the I, fish will eat it. Yeah. And then we'll yeah. eat the fish. Yeah. So it just goes back into it's our body. It's a vicious circle because also, I think, you know, after COVID, we've all become so conscious of things. And one of the things that I read when I was looking at this was that, you know, you you are basically a collection of organisms and bacteria, right? And And... You know, these things like Dermodex, it's called, there's a half, like a half millimeter in length and they're kind of demon arachnids or something, arachnids, and they're colorless and they have four pairs of legs which are used to burrow into your skin. Now, you can't see these, but... Oh, all, of our faces, all of our faces have them and they act as kind of natural exfoliants. And, and yeah, and it's crazy, isn't it? But <laughs> What's it called? It's, called, it's a Demodex, D-E-M-O-D-E-X, half millimeter in, le- in length. Um, and they're demon arachnids. <laughs> and they're tiny mites yeah. that live in, in your or skin. near hair follicles. There you go. There you go. Now, now don't go looking for them in the mirror because you won't see them. But supposedly, oh, so but supposedly, if you didn't have them, you might be even more susceptible to breakouts and infections. Okay, okay. so they are actually, um, you know, 
okay for you. They're, they're fine. They're doing nature's job. Right. But I think the other thing is, is that since COVID, we're all obsessed with disinfectants and bleach, right? Yeah. And supposedly things like Clorox that, you know, but people keep putting onto surfaces and stuff. They say that, like, even if you put that on a surface, it has to be on a surface for about 10 minutes. That, you know, sometimes when you're using these quick wipe wipey things you know these wet white things and it says on the packet that you know 99% of the germs will be killed um, it's actually not true it actually takes quite a lot of time for you to use these things and to leave it on the surface for a certain amount of time before it's going to do the job so he uh, this Hamlin actually suggests regularly wiping down your countertop with like soap and water and that is probably the healthiest practice um, similar to antibiotics I suppose if you overuse um some of these cleaning products, they'll become ineffective. And he said that some chronic conditions seem to be fueled by the fact that so many of us are now not being exposed to these things, you know, because we're so obsessed by keeping things clean. I think the arachnids really kind of put you off there, didn't it, Noreen? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Don't was, tell your girls, though, please. Yeah. They'll get a bit they worried. They live in our eyelashes. We find a lot of them and they can cause, like, dermatitis. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I hadn't read that far. Yeah. So, so interesting stuff. But I think... I think I think the basic thing from this is that we, if we are using certain um, chemicals or certain washes and stuff, have a look at the ingredients. Maybe try and go for something kind of quite simple, simple ingredients, even things like shampoo. Um, I'm also kind of aware that I, I know quite no a few... No SLS, none of those yeah, like par really uh, parabens and yeah, yeah try what not to, to look for. But also like, you know, if you wear contact lenses, um, I used to have this habit like when I wore contact lenses, sometimes you could flush them away or whatever and now I've stopped I always put them in the bin because that's another thing that you know they go into the water system these lenses are made of sort of fine, fine filmy jelly type yeah. thing and then in the water it comes alive again and for a for a fish that contact lens may look like some sort of amoeba or something that they think oh this I fancy eating that yeah. but it's actually it's 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 all plastic like, yeah you know so I think if you do wear contact lenses that's another thing that environmentally you need to be aware of that be very careful how you chuck it yeah excellent well Sadia thank you so much I think I sh uh, you know our listeners will go away practicing some extra self-care but also caring for the environment too mm. yes thank you very much indeed thank you